HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague. Hey, buddy. Hey. I missed the show last week, but I called in. I know. It sounded like you had fun. We had a good time. Matt Freelander, we uh, played some guitars. You guys sounded pretty good. Really? The harmony was great. Oh, thanks. It really was. We we just started playing our guitars really soft at one point. We were just like, "Eh, we're going to fuck this up. It's right at the end. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was a great show. It was a lot of fun. Uh, where were you? You were uh, shooting your CNN. Uh, CNN, CNN yeah, that little news network. CNN. <laughs> I got a, we had an interview for the new Barku um, on CNN, which was pretty cool. Oh yeah, because I dropped by after the show, and you were uh, you were wearing a uh, like a like a, a grown up outfit. Yeah, yeah. I look like a, I look like a guy who owns a bar in New York. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's great. We're getting so much exposure for the new bar. Uh, we're donating a ton of money to charity. Uh, 100% of our profits uh, from all the drinks go to charity. Um, and it's, uh, We just keep getting picked up yeah. by all kinds of news outlets. So That's great. Totally stoked. I hate to say that that was my first time there. But, man, right. I, like, I went in, and it, and I don't think it was just because CNN was there. But, uh, man, it was it was right at opening time. You guys were Slamming every single day. There's uh, there's at least uh, you know handful of fifteen twenty people waiting at the door when we open, um, and then we fill right up. I think it's because of our location. Five o'clock is re- the right time for that that area. You know, sure. you got NYU and um, Cooper Union and a lot of office buildings, so lots of professionals and students nearby that roll over right at five o'clock. Yeah, and everyone looked really happy. Like they, they were just happy to be there, having a good time. It's a great room. I think um, it, I think people feel good. Doing the thing they were already going to do, yeah. which is probably maybe something they, you know, quote unquote, shouldn't do, have a drink. <laughs> and then they're doing it and, it, and some of the money is going to, to good causes. So, yeah, everybody's happy in there. Hey, man, if you're, if you're being charitable by going and having some nice cocktails, then let's, let's 
go out every night. <laughs> Drink with a conscience until you're unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we got some great guests in the room today. Yeah, we sure do. One guy, is this your third round? This is my third time on her. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we got Austin Henley and Julie Renee Williams joining us all the way from Costa Rica, the Hotel Belmar. Well, we're here. We're here now. We're here now, station. but but you you just got here like we less did, than a week yeah. ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys have been down there. It was a contract job, right? So six months. Yeah, five months. Oh, we five months. Contract there. Yeah. Nice. My five. That's weird. It seems like it'd be half it's, a year or not. You know what? Yeah, the dry season. It's, it's metric. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's a metric contract. It always weirds me out when people order like five or ten oysters. I'm like, no, it's like a <laughs> half dozen or a dozen for right. months. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so five months you were down there, and you were. T- we we talked before we went on it. We had lunch at Roberta's as we always do. Delicious Absolutely. pizza. It must well. have been amazing for you guys because <laughs> we've been looking forward to it for a yeah. while. Yeah. Uh, this is the actually the only reason we did the show was to have an excuse to have lunch with Bernie's. Oh, you're not the first to say mm-hmm. that. Um, but you guys were down there eating a, a, a suddenly pretty limited diet, right? You were talking that while we were at lunch. Yeah, lots they, of rice and beans. <laughs> it's called gallo pinto, which is like kind of like a beak of a of a bird, kind of like pico de gallo, which you can't really explain. But it's just rice and beans, and that's pretty much the way it goes. Yeah, so we Costa lived Rica. we lived in we lived in one room while we were so like to backtrack slightly. We were consulting on a bar in a hotel. Uh, in Monteverde, Costa Rica, which is in a cloud forest. So think about... Uh, cloud forest. Cloud forest. So think San Francisco in the jungle, mm-hmm. uh, weather-wise. Right. Right. So um, we were we were doing a, um, a bar program at a carbon-neutral, sustainable hotel. Nice. Um, yeah. And so now to, now to go back to the food situation, we were living in, in one room on the property of the hotel. So we had, so we had a hot plate. And so we became very well versed in many different kinds of grilled cheese variations. <laughs> um, so you know, grilled That's cheese. Just like standard. suddenly you're back like dorm living. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. one hot plate and an iron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, grilled cheeses, quesadillas, which is, you know, like... And the cheese was local, too, you said. Yeah, absolutely, I don't yeah. think uh, of that part of the world as a cheese-making... Yeah, the Quakers settled there in the, in 1945, about, and so it's a very bilingual community. There's lots of international schools there. They provide a beautiful education. So all the kids are really well-rounded, really small town, but all of the pathways that we drive through were all, like, for dairy farms. So they're all cow passages. But the salt and the cheese... I mean, the, there was no salt in the cheese, <laughs> and there was no salt in the butter, so we were just making pretty much, like, salty quesadillas and grilled cheeses all the time, but, yeah. yeah so, was, so speaking of the bilingual aspect, it was a really horrible place for me to go to improve my Spanish. <laughs> so, like, my, you could rely on people speaking English, do you? Yeah, so as soon as, soon as it would become difficult me speaking Spanish someone they would immediately switch to English mm-hmm. but I did, try, I did try very hard my comprehension got, got better but I think my English just got worse <laughs> <laughs> it's a two way street one gets better one gets worse <laughs> so talk to me more about this sustainable aspect of the place because I feel like is that a thing that they've tried to enact or is that a thing that's just like that's how we've always done it here well so kind of naturally yeah, through exactly. Costa Rica they try to use all the products that are within the country mm-hmm. um, they try not they have really high import taxes for that reason because they just want to work from within high by the way is 100% right yeah 100% import tax on alcohol oh, no. not on everything on alcohol oh, okay. specifically and just yeah to give you a ballpark on how how hard the government of Costa Rica is is trying to um Improve the environment, especially within the country. Uh, they they have twenty five percent of the entire country is designated as like national reserves. 
Mm-hmm. They're the only country, the country in Latin America that has actually is as reef is involved in reforestation, and ninety percent of their uh, energy comes from natural sources. And they don't have uh, they don't have an army. They had a female president, so they're and they have the the highest education rate also in Latin America. So they're 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 a big front runner. Super progressive, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So small. Country. So let's talk about how this. Um, Sustainable hotel and bar and re- and restaurant, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. restaurant. Let's talk about how that. How did that work? As you guys work in the bar, what did that mean for you two behind the bar? Because you know, Austin. Let's give some full <clears throat> disclosure. Austin used to work with me at Mori Margo, where everything we use comes out of a bottle. Which, when you stack it up, some something like this sounds terrible. Yeah, so um, it's a, it's the exact opposite. Right. <laughs> so, well, so how did that, 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 that impact you? How did that impact your workflow? Your your designing of menus, etc. Like, let's talk about that. When we decided to create this this menu to, so the hotel is carbon neutral, and they they had not previously been running a bar program that was sustainably minded. And when we say sustainable, I don't mean one hundred percent sustainable. We weren't producing our own spirits. We were producing our own beer at a brewery. So mm-hmm. The this, sixth brewery in Costa Rica. Yeah, was on the property of the hotel. We definitely incorporated that into the menu, um, but. So we, uh, everything except the alcohol, the actual spirits in the bottle, we were either harvesting from the property of the hotel or repurposing from something that would otherwise have been waste from the kitchen. Nice. Can you give me some examples? Yeah. So we, you know, you're juicing fruit all day long and we didn't really have access to triple sex and lots of bottles. So we didn't have any modifiers. So we had to create our own modifiers. So we would take this um, limon mandarina. It's like a mandarin lime. So it's kind of like an, it's a really tart orange. Limon mandarina. So no lemons, (laughs) no lime. So that really, that really affected a lot of our recipes. Yeah. It's a green, it's a green skin citrus that's bright orange on the inside. So, like, you get these beautiful bright orange daiquiris and margaritas that are already sweetened and you don't have to add very much to it. But we didn't have a lot of access, so we decided to make a cordial from the rinds of the... Every single time after we we would juice the citrus, we would use the rinds and make a cordial. And it was really easy because we had, like, lots... Of, we had a little espresso machine, so we would heat up the... We'd heat up the peels overnight with some raw cane sugar from our, from our farm, which also produces eggs and milk. And um, everything was sourced as locally as we possibly could. We wanted to use everything from within the hotel to be self-sufficient as well as sustainable. Because if you're constantly buying, we would look in the trash. What are we throwing away? We're throwing away all these like tins of coconut and Coca-Cola. And we're like, we don't need any of these things. Tea bags. Why do we need tea bags when we have a garden that's next door? So then pulling back on all those elements that we found, Mm -hmm. like, okay, so what are we throwing away? How can we either not throw that away and use it? Or just replace it entirely, right? So, so you, whole, you were telling me over lunch you did a. You just mentioned that you'd see in the garbage a bunch of Coca Cola bottles or whatever. So you started making kind of your own cola. Yeah, we made our based own cola. On some of these things, right? We used a stout reduction. We threw a little bit from of from the brewery. Mm-hmm, from the brewery, um, we reduced the stout with baking spices and a little bit of red wine, some fernet, some coffee to give you some caffeine. And we tried to make a non-alcoholic version, but it was really hard to boil the beer, boil the alcohol off the beer without making it yeah. too toasted. Mm-hmm. The kids didn't like that toasty element. It turned out that it was much better with a little bit of alcohol in it. Um, and then also using carbonated Most caps. Most things are. <laughs> <laughs> Carbonating everything ourselves. Instead of having like your, your Fanta, like orange sodas, we, we made our own like mandarin lime sodas. And yeah, so, so remember how we, did, how we do it at Booker and Dax with, this, with, the, Absolutely. Uh, with the soda. Um, we, we realized as we had stripped away, <clears throat> excuse me, stripped away almost every element that we could, 
we still had these crates and crates of soda water bottles. Right. So we just had someone that was coming into the country bringing a bunch of carbonator caps, and we, we already had this CO2 for the for the beer taps that we had. Mm-hmm. So, so you force carbonated yeah, So we just forced carbonated the, the water, and that, that reduced the amount of glass bottle recycling you know by so 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 much and, and the recycling facilities there were amazing they had they had a box for every single color if it was broken if it was labeled unlabeled or if it was a full bottle and our recycling facilities i've never seen anything cleaner no animals no bugs no flies everything everything was washed like they were very they were very very like wow. eco eco-minded on the way that we but then think about that trash at that point we're we're on the top of this crazy mountain that mm-hmm. doesn't even have paved roads to get up to it so the idea of taking that, taking the new bottles all the way up to us, and then taking the recycled bottles all the way back down again to San Jose, which is three hours away, like if we could eliminate that aspect, then we could we could get closer to being fully sustainable. What was the um, how the clientele feel about all of this? Like you're in this yeah. somewhat paradise of a place that was hard to get to, so people had to make an effort to get there. And you told me during lunch they came there because it was the number one bird watching spot. Yeah, in the number world. one bird watching. We have the resplendent quetzal and this like huge morphos butterfly. The resplendent quetzal. Yeah, revered in Mayan culture, this huge rainbow bird. I saw a few of them. Um, it was and this toucans, macaws, toucans. Yeah, lots of mot-mots. things. There was this bird in uh, in the cloud forest that sounded like a, a swinging rusty gate. Right. It's so like the hinges of a, the hinges of a rusty gate. It was a nightingale <laughs> I found one. out. This like really small blackbird made like the largest, like most unique noise to it. But um <laughs> rusty wind chimes. So there was a lot of older clientele, so they would come in, you know, a lot of British people like, I'd like a gin and tonic and we're like, Well, we don't have tonic, but I made our own housemate tonic with amaranth and tarragon, which was grown on the farm. Delicious. I'm loving yeah. all this. This is crazy. Yeah, so not, not even on have, the farm. Like we had a little green. We had a huerta, like a um, yeah, a garden. So there were, yeah, there were two aspects. There was a farm that was about uh, 20 minutes away, which we got eggs and milk and things like that from, butter. Meat, um, coffee. Meat, things. coffee. Yeah, we grew our own coffee as well. Uh, and then the, the greenhouse is where we grew. It's amazing. Right? I know. It's what really beautiful. Fuck, it's like where we came from. You know, like we, we don't Me- do that anymore. You've got, like, how many bitters do you not only stock but sell at uh, Mori Mario right and they, it's 250 or more and they come from all over the world in bottles that get traveled and carbon footprint is all crazy and all that stuff what about bitter well she's, she's, they, her, her yeah, eyes lit up when you yeah, said bitter we there's this bitter what was it called like lagrimas del something something about the tears um, they have like this bitter yeah, tears plant hombre grande hombre, hombre grande they have the, these the, big guy the the bitter tears of the big man. Yeah, and it's a, it's an, it's a really. <laughs> That's you, like when you got you hit dig by up that the car. Roots yeah. and make a bitters out <laughs> that of was it. When the car got hit by me. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag unkillable. Unkillable. Um, so, anyway, so let's back up. So yeah, they'd, they'd come and they'd say, "I want a gin tonic," and you'd say, "Well, I've got this gin. I got this tonic that I make, and I've certainly got gin." Yeah, Get which on board. is beautiful because then there's no gin in it, and I use just the littlest amount of sugar, the littlest amount of citrus, and this amaranth tarragon makes this beautiful, like, rosy magenta-colored drink, like, garnish yeah, it with, with tarragon, this, with this and people are like, and people are like, whoa, this is yeah. absolutely delicious, and it's really beautiful, and then we could offer them that alcoholic or non-alcoholic, so you can have a tarragon, right. amaranth tarragon tonic, or an amaranth tarragon gin tonic. Which is really cool. And the, the people that were coming to this hotel were already so far out of their comfort zone 
It wasn't just, hard to push him a little further, that right? Just mm-hmm. the fact that someone speaking an American accented English said, would you like to try this? They were like, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, <laughs> what, sure. Yeah, whatever. So there was, there was very little resistance to it, but we, weren't all, we were also not bringing people too far out of what they were going to expect. That's cool. I'm, you were saying before the show there was a... Uh, there were uh, times where you would have the hotel full of, um, it'd be like all British people over the age of seventy. Yeah, yeah, that's what we were just talking about. So the the, the, it, way, the reason that we created this this gin and tonic situation was because we had everyone asking for the gin show, and tonics. You were talking about the Cosmo. Oh, the Cosmo. We had a oh, lot of yeah, the Cosmo. <laughs> there were a lot I'd of like old British. Right? There were a lot of old British women <laughs> asking for cosmopolitans, but we didn't have cranberries. Yeah, cranberries do not grow. In the clouds? <laughs> in, in, no, in Central America. Um, and they actually... They think that, that cranberries are called arandanos, but they think that arandanos and cerezas, which are cherries, are the same thing. So if you order like an arandanos ice cream, it's totally cherries. And I'm like, these are cherries. They're like, no, they're not. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, these are cranberries. They're cherries. And nobody understands the difference, but they don't grow at all. So we can't make Cosmos. And But we had we had a whole bunch of people who... Because I think it's this group of like seven women who are very adamant about winning Cosmopolitan. So, you know, we we had like a little huddle for a second. We're like, well, what do we, what do we do about this? What what about what about cranberry juice? Make it make, pink. Yeah. So okay. So <laughs> yeah, So exactly. what about cranberries? Okay, they make Cosmopolitan. Well, it makes it pink. That's one thing for sure. They wouldn't have been happy if it wasn't pink. Right. And cranberries contribute like a tannic quality like that kind of Absolutely. grip to it tannic tart bitter yeah and bitter and, and some bitterness mm-hmm. to it so so what do we do so we had we have this we have these beautiful hibiscus plants right that's a, right but they're the a little hotel. different they're not like the hawaiian hibiscus with the six leaves they're called rosa jamaica so they're these really like mm. full bright pink but they're still totally hibiscus so as yeah. they were dying on the plant or we would use them for garnishes in the kitchen then we would repurpose the hibiscus yeah so we'd make like a we'd make like a tea basically with um, guaro cacique which we'll explain in a second um, which is kind of like Costa Rican vodka uh, we would steep it in that so it would give it that kind of tannic quality and we'd use the bitterness from the limon mandarin cordial that we just talked about because it has lots of bitterness from the from the oil from the peels and then yeah so the guaro cacique and just like the tiniest bit of Cointreau because you need that and then the limon mandarin and it, it, it makes something that you know Definitely tastes like cosmopolitan, but doesn't have cranberries come anywhere near it. And we would garnish it with a nasturtium flower, which is so beautiful because we had all oh, these yeah. like fresh flowers in the garden that were edible. And it, it also turns out that everything that we grew there on the property would just turn everything pink. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so, so true. So we had a very small spectrum of colors for the drinks. It was all like, of our drinks were pink. It was from very, very pale pink to dark purple, <laughs> and that was a, the you, range. You did a whole pink menu, didn't you? Last after, spring. Yeah, last spring at, at the Grand Army. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> she beat me to it, man. Barbie's Malibu <laughs> Mansion. That was my favorite pink drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I just think it's amazing, man. It's like It's kind of like... It's kind of like gorilla bartending, and just like using exactly, exactly whatever is like within arm's reach. It's like a but chopped, you're like dropped in chopped the for bartending, yeah. like five months long. Sure, I mean like <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. Something we said earlier is like, well, how do we? Do? It's like oh, sheer force of will. Yeah, we're like, let's use ginger in this. Yeah. Wait, we don't grow ginger. Let's use coconut. Oh, we buy coconut. So we would have all these creative ideas mm-hmm. of things we wanted to do. We're like, yeah, but we're not. There use were there that. were things that we could have bought, but we just decided as a first principle to just. 
let's just go with do with what we let's have. Just go with what we have. Man, how many times have I and we make like fresh fresh smoothies. So they would be like chopping up fruit, chopping up fruit. So we would always have the cascadas, like the the peels, especially pineapple. So if you cut up one pineapple. And you just use the peels. We'll scrub the shit out of it, first of all, because when you didn't scrub it, that really frustrated me because all the flies would come. So scrub the peels and then put the hearts in the peels and we put it in a, um, what do you call this? The champagne buckets? Bain-Marie. Uh, and then we would use a large tin of Bain-Marie. We'd use a large tin of the sugar from the farm. I put it in there. I would cover it in plastic and put it on top of the espresso machine overnight. I would come back in and it would yield 35 ounces with adding no liquid to it whatsoever. Just the pineapple peels and the sugar wow. would make this, boom, yeah, this like gorgeous pineapple, pineapple cordial. Syrup. Like this wow. pineapple syrup. It was so good. We would put a little salt in it and it was. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> salt was, is. <laughs> salt preserves amazing. it and then like brings out the flavor and all of our coworkers are like, we're not going to put salt in it. And I'm like, just one pinch. And then they're like, oh, I get it. Yeah, just pinch. pinch. Okay, so so just, just since we're on the topic, pinch is pejisco. 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 Yeah. Ah, so see, we, we had learned Spanish. Pejisco. We had, <laughs> we had a drink on the menu um, called the pejisco. Pejisco like sour. A little pinch. <laughs> a little pinch. Oh, All right, team. We're stretching a little, but let's stop and do a quick mid-show break, and yeah. then we're going to cool. come back and talk more about Hotel Belmar, Costa Rica, Cacique. Gorilla bartending? Were there actual gorillas? <laughs> I don't know. No, stay, they, stay were, tuned to they were definitely howler monkeys and scorpions. Oh, that's uh, scorpion yeah, stories. Scorpions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave's got a scorpion got the tattoo. Scorpion tattoo. All right, uh, Victor, take us out. We're going to come back uh, right after this uh, and talk more about Costa Rica. Heritage Foods USA is a farm-to-table online butcher and founding sponsor of Heritage Radio Network. Patrick Martins founded Heritage Foods USA in 2002 to save endangered species of livestock from extinction. He learned about the plight of endangered foods while working for Slow Food, a nonprofit started in 1986 in Italy when the first McDonald's opened on the Spanish steppes of Rome. To counter the homogenizing effects of fast food, Slow Food was formed to bring attention to regional cuisines and ingredients. By 2000, Patrick was the president of Slow Foods USA and working on adding heritage breeds to their arc of taste, but he decided to go further than a metaphorical arc and actually do something to preserve rare breeds. That was the moment that Heritage Foods' slogan, Eat Them to Save Them, was born. By creating a market for delicious meats from Heritage Breeds, we can ensure they'll be around for generations to come. Plus, Heritage Breeds just tastes a whole lot better. Learn more at HeritageFoodsUSA.com and use the code HERITAGERADIO for two free pork chops with your first order, brother. Hey, like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher, or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. And we are back. You're listening to The Speakeasy today. We are in the studio with Julia Renee Williams and Austin Henley. We've been talking with them about their recent uh, adventures in Costa Rica and the sustainable hotel bar restaurant uh, that they were working at. Man, it, it's just incredible. I think it's it's amazing. I mean, I grew up on a farm, so like, you know, like it, it made me think about like, you know, we farmed all of our grains and like we had a giant 
giant garden where we grew everything. You know, raised cattle and pigs and chickens and stuff like that. So, like, everything was kind of like just right there. Yeah, just nature's just right there. But it's the, right there. You, know, you like, forget about it, you know, well, especially when you're like living you're in New York City. But, and then, yeah. you know, that's great because everything's just right there in front of you. But, you know, like the, the flip side of that is nature is also just right there in front of you <laughs> all the time. So, we had, <laughs> we ha- you know, we had, uh, a balcony that was that was always open. This beautiful view. You could see the Nicoya Peninsula, and you could you could see the Pacific Ocean even from from where we were up on this mountain, about what, like eighteen hundred meters. Eighteen hundred meters. Right, and you said when you're when you're up that high, the oxygen is so thin that your 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 line of vision is much further, right? So you're up there and you can see further. Yeah, you can see That's a lot further, yeah. and it's really That's beautiful. Crazy. And the mosquitoes don't come up that high, which but is so, really you know, beautiful. Like, nice. You know, you have all, you have all this, like the bounty of the earth, but then you also have all the other things about the earth that are also right there. So if you have a dining room that's open to the outside in the middle of a jungle, sometimes you have some unwanted critters that <laughs> that wander in. So we had this <laughs> we had this guy uh, who's celebrating a birthday. This, this must have been about 250. This guy was huge. He was six, a Scottish boxer. Six, six the Scottish like uh, MMA fighter. Um, and he's having his birthday. You get this cake and had these like squares of hard chocolate on top of the cake. Oh, right. You mentioned there's like a lot of chocolate makers there, right? Yeah, yeah. Chocolate oh, yeah. and Hors coffee. Oh, yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And that, that was, was also, from, also from the farm. Cool. So, yeah. So this guy finishes his meal and he's standing up and he looks down on the ground and bends over and he sees what he what he later described to me as one of the a pieces chunk of, of chocolate. chocolate so he goes to grab it to eat it to eat the last piece of his birthday cake and off it was the floor a, off the floor Which, yeah he goes to grab it off the floor disgusting I would never do such <laughs> a never thing do anything like that. that but it was a scorpion did he, he eat a it? scorpion so no no he, he just he took it and like was about to put it into his mouth and uh, I mean Scorpion did what any of us would do: just bit the guy in the hand, stung him, stung, stung him, yeah, stung him, or did he bite him? Stung, he stung no, he stung him. Or did stung. he bite him? <laughs> well, I mean, the guy was about to bite it. I mean, like, just kind of yeah, like, right? no, no, I, I totally side with the scorpion in this situation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, the guy was about to eat the chocolate off the floor, and it was a small scorpion. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, that's your sticking point, him right? That, that's your sticking point that he was going to eat the chocolate off the floor. He wasn't yeah. going to waste it. You guys were going through the garbage. This guy's an MMA fighter. He can. He can deal with it. He can hold his own. But it didn't look like the tattoo on your arm. These scorpions were much smaller. They looked little tanks. They were super compact. They looked like they had armor. Those and are they the were... scarier ones, man. Like, but, the smaller they are, the more poisonous they are. Well, I thought that, too, but she explained. That in the jungle, because they have because they have so much sustenance, then they're not as poisonous as they are in the desert, where, say, it's uh, more difficult for them to find food. So these gotcha. scorpions are no. a little bit more friendly. Yeah, they don't... They, the southwest... They don't really me- they don't really mess with you. They were we I had to take a couple of them out of our room a couple of times. They're they're not really too keen on messing with you because they've they've got plenty. They're living in paradise. Yeah, but then you know then when some giant tries to tries to eat it, then then that's when it goes wrong. Yeah, they react. So, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> you mentioned cacique earlier, mm-hmm. and you know, frankly, when you mentioned it at lunch, I I don't know this. I don't at all. What is this juice? So it's called guaro. Guaro is like an old, like a, I think it's a, I think it's a Mexican term, um, but I'm not sure. Anyways, so it's called guaro de cacique, and they they distill it. Uh, the government distills it, so it is a sugarcane spirit. Uh, the government cheese of Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah no, there's there's <laughs> no distillation allowed in Costa Rica except for the distillation controlled by the government, wow. and that is guaro cacique and centenario rum. Mm-hmm. So we pretty much wanted to put those into everything because they were so cheap and government funded and it goes back to the country. 
But um, it's filtered like a vodka, plays like a vodka, mixes like a vodka. So we use that in our version of a Bloody Mary, which is called a Chili Guado. So say you were to walk into a bar, the very first thing you would get would be this like spicy tomato mixture of cacique, and you take a shot of it. So we made like this huge um, Chili Guado Gigante with, uh, with, a bunch, with tomato and Panamanian chili, which is the best chili in the world. And cacique, and the, all, but all the guests were like, what is cacique? We just say, it's the national spirit. Because it, saying it tastes like a rum, but is made like a vodka, or tastes like a vodka, but is made like a rum, people get really confused about it and about the presentation of it. Like, you guys would understand how, sure. how that would mix. It's sugarcane but... vodka, essentially. Yeah. Right. yeah. Gotcha. Si, claro. Si, claro. <laughs> cacique. Yeah, but, but because, it's, because it's made by the government, and it's, it's incredibly inexpensive. All right. Well, it's, it's usurping that hundred percent exactly. tax. Mm-hmm. Jesus, yeah. man. I mean, I I was supposed to go to Costa Rica like years ago on a vacation, and uh, my girlfriend at the time let her passport lapse, and we got stuck Ooh. not going. But um, um, one of the main things I know about Costa Rica is like two things: surfing and coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so did the coffee play a lot into, I mean, we talked about the Coca-Cola kind of like the cola thing mm-hmm. that you were doing with the, uh, sure, the yeah. stout reduction. Um, I mean, coffee played a huge part in the hotel. It was grown on the farm. The the farm was called Madre Tierra. It's Mother Earth. Um, so we, coffee was complimentary to all the guests. Like everything. At, right? at, mm-hmm. at any time of the day, you could just call for coffee and get coffee. It was just espresso. So you could have Americanos, cappuccinos, espressos, things like that. Yeah, and Austin made a coffee cocktail, Salud, Dinero y Amor. They're like three blessings that you give. And uh, it would have like three coffee beans, like a Sambuca, with cool. um, like a Negroni yeah. variation with, yeah, with some Boulevard coffee syrup. With, with, uh, with oh, the coffee right, from yeah. the farm. And then you can get absinthe. I want to put some absinthe in there. So I use Sambuca. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or we cool. use Palo Santo mist too, because like since we don't have modifiers, we would try to find something that would like come up with the same yeah. way. So we would use. Let's talk about Palo that. Santo I mean, like, mist. Oh, that's you cool. were saying that uh, before the show, you were talking about how like I mean, I, I was like, at, also at the at the beginning of the show, you were talking about how like there's like a hundred percent government tax on imported mm-hmm. spirits. So. What I mean, what were you talked about having Cointreau at the bar mm-hmm. for the the cosmopolitan variation? Yeah. What were some of the other ones that you actually stocked in the bar? Yeah, we what, had. What, what were the spirits Louisiana? that were yeah. worth bringing in at that price? Yeah, oh, exactly. the modifiers like uh, we had Averno. Really, we, we had, had Averno. We had Aperol Campari, but a lot Aperol of things Campari, were, bottle, were bottles Branca. that I brought or friends brought that we put on the back bar. But I'd we'll be pretty comfortable there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then if that so bottle far. was gone, it's like we have no idea when we would ever get the next shipment right. coming up that mountain. Or and as far right, as you as can't as put these things on menu unless it's a quarter ounce. Then, yeah. then, then we could put it on the menu. Yeah. Otherwise, then otherwise someone it wasn't sees affordable. it on the menu and they're like, "Fuck that quarter ounce! I want a shot of Fernet." But and also, they make their drinks really short. Later, there, like they only pour an ounce and a half and everything because they don't want everybody to get yeah, really even, drunk. Even so our alcohol. We had to change drinks. all of our specs down to an ounce. Like I had a martini that only had an ounce of alcohol in it, and we just made everything really light and booze. And we actually also so we made ten alcoholic drinks and ten non-alcoholic drinks. So we mm. had this whole dry seasons offering, which was really great because. There were so many people that didn't drink and children and pregnant women. And also there's so many people in the hotel don't want to drink all day long. So that up the check averages. And we also got to diversify our menu in the sense where we could use all the same elements in each drink and give you the same presentation. So you could get a martini or something that looked like a glass of champagne with these beautiful local flowers in it. And it was 
It was really cool. successful. People really, 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 yeah. Very cool. Now, how yeah. do they... So, I happen to know that just before you, or maybe not immediately before you, but before you, Amanda Witt, who mm-hmm. also worked at Morning Margo, yeah. she, she went down and manned that bar mm-hmm. um, for the five-month contract, I guess. Um, so, how do they continue... How does it continue? Like, do the next people come in and... Are they going to be as as conservative well, yeah, as I, you guys were? Are they going to make as much stuff as you made? Well, it's was that yeah. being was that being done before you got there? It sounds like you sort of initiated all this. Yeah, well, we our friend Liz Furlong, she started it. She's Canadian, and so she made the the cocktail menu because she went to college with one of the owners, Pedro Belmar, in Montreal. So then she came down there. She made the first cocktail program, but Amanda made a lot of bitters. She made a lot of coffee cocktails. She taught the staff a lot of things. I did a nice staff job, training Amanda. there last year, and then Amanda came in, and she, like, yeah, she really worked. Yeah, nice job, Amanda. She came down and visited. We went to a wedding. Amanda came. It was really yeah, good. Yeah, it was a, a multi, multi-pronged sort of situation. So Amanda definitely initiated a lot of the education for the staff before we got there, so that by the time we got there, they were they were much more receptive to what we were what we were going to do obviously what we did was like was pretty was pretty ambitious for you know for 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 people to accept in a in a country that doesn't really have a cocktail culture to speak of but definitely amanda going down there uh, was a was a big step in the right direction as far as the the staff in the hotel and also the the locals were concerned so by the time that we got there all the locals that lived in monteverde were very used to being able to go to Hotel Belmar and get and just kind of take it for granted that they could get a really amazing Negroni made by someone that worked at a Mori Margo. Sure, yeah, you can't unring the education bell. Yeah. Like, you teach people that there's something better and you show it to them and you give it to them at a reasonable price, then they don't want to go backwards. Absolutely. So it's just going to keep spearheading forward. That's cool. I, I want to, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of leads me to my next thought and questions. Like, um, I mean, you guys basically lived in like a dorm room. You had a, yeah. a, a, a when you upgraded to a two burner hot plate, you were like really like kicking ass. We can make sauce and <laughs> it's called the water a small kitchen. Pasta at the yeah. same time. <laughs> and like you, uh, when the knobs fell off, you used wine keys to. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I love that photo. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's, unfortunately, it's a radio, so we can't we can't show you this photo. But yeah, the you should post the, it on your the, uh, the worm the part, the screw part of the corkscrew is stuck into the <laughs> into the holes in the hot plate, and then you use it kind of like. Um, but only on the plastic part, or you would yeah. get electric. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one found that out the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> so that just leads me to like, if you could um, give our listeners like an idea of like basically like what is your takeaway from this whole experience and like how how do you share how are you planning to like utilize what you learned uh from this like five month stage down there and like take that into like the future of what you and, and can i add a, a piece what did you expect and what did sure. you take away and how did that differ yeah. mm, mm. totally i mean my idea was to go down there just to calm down and take a break, take a step back. It wasn't necessarily for something lucrative or financial. And I also got to teach yoga there. So I met every single person in the hotel. I gave them booze and then I I gave them spiritual advice. I taught meditation. I spent a lot of time with the Quaker community. There was a huge expat community there with, we consulted and helped some other friends that were opening bars and restaurants. And, but really what we're taking back, I think is how to be calm and how to breathe within the workspace because we're always we have so many expectations as to how we want to be perceived and I got really wrapped up in New York City and I was 
just I was feeling really dizzy about the instant gratification. So going there really just brought me back to a place of humility. I've left New York eight times in the past 12 years. So this is my eighth trip abroad. Wow. And but this one was really particularly different because we were working 60 hours a week and constantly emerge immersed in each other's lives. What do you want to say, Austin? Oh, no, I just want I just was reminding Julie of a very valuable lesson that she learned. Oh, I'm not chill. I thought that I was chill. Like, I'm like, I'm from California. I surf. I teach yoga. Whatever like made glitter. you think that you were chill? I really did. You're I was, like such I, high energy. I like, am, but I, I think thought that I had this I think aura. You, you just, like, you just uh, barely are under Kimmy Winkler. Yeah, I mean, Kimmy. With energy just boiling out of you. Exactly. Like bubbling all the time. But I always thought like, yeah, I'm California. I'm super happy and chill. And then I realized when I'm working, when I was like trying to train the staff and not getting the responses that I wanted, like... There were times and I was like, this goes here because of this reason. And like, we clean this after we do this because of this reason. And they wouldn't do it and it would never happen. And I wanted everyone to learn so bad. And I was like getting really frustrated with them. And I was like, oh, maybe if you just calm down. And Austin was, Austin was a super chill one. He was the one always like taking a breather, taking a step back, putting me in my place in a nice way. Well, didn't you like hitchhike for an entire year? That That's true. Yeah, I did do that. (laughs) Yeah, it's like 20,000 miles around the country. Jesus Christ. But this was a very different experience because that was constant motion. And that's that's almost more similar to being in New York because you just, okay. like, anything that happens, put it behind you, moving forward. Just keep mm-hmm. going, keep going, keep going, keep going. You can almost just ignore whatever just happened five minutes ago in New York City. Right. Because everything changed already. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, you just, you thought you had a good idea? Great. Ten more people just had it. Right. Or had it before you, and it's it's done. Or Moving you forgot on. it. What do you got next? What do you got next? What do you got next? So this was kind of like, and especially using, uh, not using, um, framing the, the work that we did in like a sustainable, like a, in a sustainable hotel or like a carbon neutral sort of mindset using the environment around you since it gave me a chance to just kind of take a step back and take a broader view of what I wanted to do with the work that we were doing there. Cause it well, didn't and with ourselves emotionally and physically and mentally. And like it allowed us to get really close to each other in such an intimate way because we didn't have so many influences. Sure. We had the internet, but it was a really small community, a really safe, protected community. And we, and you know, we couldn't eat anything past nine thirty. like kitchens were closed and it was really difficult to get in and out to, just to get groceries and just to live. Everything had to be planned. Really like from when we woke up, we had to plan our entire day or like, how are we, we going to eat three times? What are we going to eat and where are we going to get it from? And then, or we had to plan like you rice know, and beans, rice and beans, rice and beans, rice. beans and rice. So, I mean, like, that's, it's like <laughs> kind of the exact opposite of, in a way, like of living in New York city because like, it, this city's 24 hours, man. You, yeah, like, no matter what happens, we can always get away with it here. We can go back into Roberta's right now and get another pizza, you know? Like, yeah. They, actually, we still have pizza in the <laughs> studio. Yeah, we do. But, uh, yeah, that's amazing. But yeah, just just having to, having to be more cognizant of the outcome that you want, not, not in the next 10 minutes, not in the next 10 days, but, like, in the next month, what do we want to happen? Yeah. And then, you know... Not being, not being so, not being so myopic. Hmm. How, so again, how did that differ from what was your expectation going down there? So that's what the reality was. That's what you got. But what did you expect getting I, on a plane headed to Costa Rica? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect. Um, 
I didn't expect the uh, the amount of isolation. Mm. Really, like I didn't. It's from where we were. It was a you know it was a five six hour bus ride to the nearest metropolitan area, which was the only metropolitan area in the yeah. country, which is San Jose. So you can't just like run out and get a pair of shoes. <laughs> So I had to, I had to, I had to plan, I would have to, you know, if I, you know, if I had to get, let's just stick with the shoes example. Like if I had to get shoes, I had to plan a day off to get on a bus at, you know, wake up at five o'clock in the morning, walk three miles down a mountain to a bus station, get on that bus, travel five hours, then figure out where to go get shoes in this like crazy bustling metropolis where I don't really speak the language. Right. I mean, I can I, at at this point now after five months, my comprehension is pretty good. But the first month or so I was there, like I like I couldn't get out, go out on my own, and that that did force me to to learn. But you know, just that the feeling of like, well, I'm here now. <laughs> here I am. Here I am. Wow. And what about so you? I didn't ex- I didn't expect that. I didn't. I, I, there was you know there was not really a way to expect that. Yeah. What about you, Julie? What was your expectation getting off the plane in Costa Rica? Like, what were you thinking? I'd been there the year before, and I'd spent, like, some months, like, surfing and chilling in a, in a children's school in Costa Rica. But I, honestly, it was, like, part of my breakup story with New York City. I I was here, and I just was realizing everything the, that I was obsessed with. The long 12-year on-and-off yeah, relationship with exactly, New York City. exactly, exactly. And this was, like, my year breakup. I went to India for six months before I was just, like, meditating through the Himalayans, trying to keep it simple. And I'm still with the same backpack of clothes since then, which most of it I need to throw away. But um, I, my purpose for going there was, again, just to remain calm. Like, to really just, like, t- fi- like tighten the screws. Figure out, like, what are my morals? What are my values? What do I really want? Because in New York, I'm so involved in everyone else's story. Which is honestly why I'm nervous to come back here. Because... It's so immersed in everyone else's lives, and I'm just like drunk all the time here too. <laughs> so just like really toning down the booze. I didn't drink for a really long time, and now just like just like sipping on things and having a good old time and waking up fresh and well, teaching yeah. yoga, practicing. So I just being more mindful. That's yeah, really you know? like to I'm ready to be an adult. Look at me, Julia <laughs> Renee Williams, covered in glitter. Yeah, I'm an adult. Cutting back on alcohol. I quit smoking. Yeah. yeah. Well, too. I mean, like, like you're saying, like with the, that kind of isolation and stuff. It's like, and with without that access to everything, like you, like you had before, and even now, like uh, you know, in New York City, it's like, shit, man. Like when you taste like a nice whiskey, you're like, oh my god, this, this is the is best nice. thing. Like I could have a half an ounce of this and be completely satisfied instead oh, of yeah. going out all fucking night. Absolutely, and, and just ha- and just have. Yeah, like you said, just half an ounce. Like, this is so amazing. Yeah. Like I had, I, I saw that they had Rothhaus pills on the menu there, and I said to him, "I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> I'll just can I just I can I just hold the bottle? Like that's all. Right, right. it's beautiful. <laughs> right, your appreciation level yeah. becomes much yeah. more yeah, through the, the humi- profound. It's, it's really good to get out and to just find humility again inside yourself. So, if anyone's interested in going down there, they're always looking for bartenders in the dry season. So. It would be a five month contract, maybe something less. And again, like it's this isn't this isn't this is something for you to go and like calm down and be within yourself and find some humility. And it's a really beautiful, tropical, <laughs> really challenging experience, but challenge gets you really far. So in uh, hindsight, I'm really grateful. 
Is there? Do you, do you happen to know a, a website or any contact information we could share? Um, yeah, it's the Hotel Belmar, so you can just uh, contact them directly on Facebook. Hotel Belmar. Hotel Belmar. 300 mm-hmm. meters north of the gas station. Yes, exactly. That's, yeah. uh, that was the address, Damon, that I had to send. I <laughs> sent them sent a care package. Bitters. Well, I was going to send it, actually. Then I got a mule. Amanda Witt was going down there, so I just <laughs> got, yeah, had to take it. But the address that they sent me was... Hotel de Belmar, 300 meters north of the gas station. I was like, huh? Punta Arenas, the, I was like, Costa that's Rica. the address? It's not an address. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's directions how to get it's there. A suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> so I was a little scared to send that stuff through the mail. Um, but, uh, so yeah, people can contact Hotel, hotel Belmar yeah, on Facebook if they're interested in this very challenging. And they're looking and for brewers as well because they have the brewery there. And they're always looking for people that want to work mm-hmm. in hospitality. We also worked in the front desk and... Um, it would definitely be the dry season, so that's the New York City winter. Um, the winter and summers are, even though they're north of the equator, they're kind of flopped there. So it would be like November to May, just nice. like what we just did. So mm-hmm. Amazing. Very cool. So glad to have you guys back. Thanks yeah. for having yeah. us. Oh, yeah, we're not done. Uh, no. we got a couple minutes. Uh, but before, <laughs> so before we go, I do want to promote maybe what you're doing now. So you're both here for the next four months minimum because you got mm-hmm. a sublet. Yeah. And you're going to be working... We're going to hang out for the summer and work on the roof at Westlight at the William Bell Hotel. Hell yeah. We yeah. were going to go straight. We were going to come here and, and just visit Austin's parents, go to a wedding, and then head to California and sink in there. But all the job opportunities and things we were looking for in L.A. were like, all of that can wait. And <laughs> and his, his old boss, Mara, um, she offered us a, a job at Westlight. So we're like, okay, let's kick it in New York for the summer and How see if can we can make the wrong? time worth it. Work, yeah. a, work a rooftop bar in New York City for the summer? Yeah. yeah. No brainer. So we stayed. Nice. No so brainer. So around. Yeah, so I'll definitely come up and visit you up on the roof, especially while I still can't work myself with my stupid broken arm. It's a ladder up there, so you might not. I've <laughs> <laughs> got one good arm. Um, all right, uh, I'll talk about the next things that are happening here. Um, let's see. Today, that's you guys. Uh, next Wednesday, we've got Adrienne Stillman. She lives out in California. Uh, she's the author of the book Where Bartenders Drink. Um, it's kind of a compilation style. There was a book that came out before it, and, and the people who made that book reached out to her. It was called Where Chefs Eat. So a pretty similar concept. Uh, she asked bartenders from all over the, the world to list places that they like to go and drink. Um, I'm, I'm in there. Are you in there? I think I am. <laughs> it's a, there's a lot of there's there's a bunch of people in there. Uh, anyway, she's going to be on the show. She's a bubbly personality. She's going to be fun. Um, the following Wednesday, the 31st, Looks like we might have my team on the show from Coop. Oh. Uh, Coup, damn it. I mispronounce <laughs> my own thing all the time. From Coup. Um, might be um, myself, Robbie DeRossi, and, and Max Green. Um, as I guess I would just play guest on that show, and you could yeah. be the host again, like, like in the old good old days. Um, oh, it's important to mention that next week is my one-year anniversary on the show. Indeed. Congratulations. I didn't know about that. Um, and then the following week, we've got... Um, the guy, I can't remember his name. Henry Jeffries. There we go. The guy who wrote the, Empire, the book Empire of Booze, which yep. is a fascinating historical uh, account of um, sort of booze throughout the, the British Empire um, and how it affected like the way we look at the map of the world, frankly. Yeah. Very cool guy. Lots of cool things to say. Right. And that's, uh, that's the day before your birthday. It is. So we might get some drinking on. <laughs> All right, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do want to actually mention that uh, on top of all of the stuff that we're doing here at Speakeasy, um, this Sunday, May 21st, uh, is the Season 6 uh, finals for Speed Rack. Oh, that's right. Oh, Jesus, yeah. how did I skip that? Yeah, so uh, please uh, you know, go check it out. Uh, mm-hmm. 
tickets are available on uh, Eventbrite, I believe. And yes, Eventbrite, and uh, it's at the Wayland uh, in in uh, New York on Broadway in on Williamsburg. Broadway. Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's that bank that they always light up in colors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Broadway it's, and Drake's. It became mm-hmm. a, a venue. I'm really like she's, uh, I, you know, Ivy and the crew. They're they're good buddies of ours. Of and, course. And uh, and Lynette and everyone. And uh, I also want to say uh, congratulations to to Ivy and Julie. Uh, they just had their yesterday was their two year anniversary oh, for for Leanda. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, congrats. So no big idea. big week for that crew. Big week indeed. Uh, also, just a big week for for charitable drinking. Uh, the whole speed rack uh, uh, now it's global. By the way, mm-hmm. the whole speed rack global is a is a fantastic organization, and they raise a lot of money for breast cancer research. And we're total and staunch supporters of that sort of action. So, back yeah. the rack. Back the rack. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess that's it for this week, then. Man, what a great show. Yeah, thanks so much for coming in the studio. I'm glad you guys are back. I mean, I, I, it seems like time flied, prob- time flew, but uh, uh, time flied. Time uh, also time, kills. <laughs> time also kills. Uh, <laughs> yeah. not, but not if you don't kill it first. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it did seem like you guys were gone for a lot longer. I didn't realize it was just five months. I thought it was like a year. Yeah. Felt like that sometimes. But, that, yeah. now, but now it just feels like we time traveled right back here. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you did. Um, and it's good to have you back. We'll come see you up, yeah, up on that rooftop. Do. Oh, and also, Austin's going to be pulling a few shifts at a more, so. Oh, cool. Getting back yeah, in the first. saddle, huh? And I'll be teaching yeah. yoga somewhere. Since my wing. I'll, I'll go see Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Since my wing is still busted, he'll be pulling some shifts for me. I'll so go do yoga. You go hang out and drink. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's Thanks, it for the guys. show this week. Uh, thanks for listening to the Speakeasy and check out Heritage Radio Network for many more programs like this one. Uh, until next week, I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.